Hey, you okay? Oh, damn enchiladas. Oh. You gonna be all right? Welcome to another episode of It's Dem Dem Enchiladas, the podcast, where we will delve into the world of horror movies, video games, television, comic books, and brrrr, or beer for the common folk. I am Carlos Rivera, my partner on the other end of the interwebs, brother from another mother, and huge Ultraman and Cayman Rider fanatic is A to the Grizzy, B to the Pizzy, Adam Griffin. As always, please follow us on the Red Hot Twitter machine, handles in the show notes, and the show at It's Dem Dem, Adam Hakuna Matata. What is the good word? Greetings and salutations to you, my friend. Yeah, you know, it's it's it, we're we're getting close. We're getting close to our time of the year. Our time of the year is coming. Oh, it's, uh, oh, it's so close. I, I'm excited for for what we're talking about this week. Um, but I, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, mention uh, Sid Haig, who passed away on uh, September 21st. Uh, we're recording this on the 25th. So it was just a couple days ago. Um, Sid Haig was a Titan. In the movie industry and in horror specifically, uh, he had roles going over six different decades in film, uh, starting with his big role in Spider Baby. He was in Coffee. He was in Foxy Brown. Uh, Galaxy of Terror was a big one for genre folks. Uh, he was in Jackie Brown. And then, uh, you know, his big comeback was House of a Thousand Corpses. That's, you know, pretty much he'll be infamous and live on forever as Captain Spaulding, you know. So it's always uh, always a bit of a blow to lose one of the Titans, one of the one of the big big wonderful character actors when they, you know, leave and everything. So just wanted to you know, pay respects, say rest in peace. Thank you for all the all the wonderful work. Yeah. Um I was in I was in LA at the time. And it took me a couple of days before I realized because I really wasn't uh, connected to the interwebs while I was gone, so um, I found out actually when I came back on Monday, the twenty third, uh, on uh, ironically through Bruce Campbell's Twitter. It's it sucks. It's an inevitability of life. It just it, it stinks a little bit when the people that you know you've enjoyed watching in the movies, and especially in our you know our favorite genre, the horror movies. Um, he was he was great. He was he was one of the uh, faces that you'll never forget just like a tall man it's, for me he's always going to live on this Captain Spaulding because those are probably the only Rob Zombie movies I've ever uh, enjoyed <laughs> well yeah we, we have uh, we, we have our schedule and uh, we have the, the Firefly Clan trilogy uh, in a couple weeks about five five weeks or so so that's going to be uh, especially poignant to revisit but I gotta say and just as a preview um, if you have not seen House of a Thousand Corpses, listeners, 
you watch it for the opening and notice how Sid Haig as Captain Spaulding just fills the room up and interacts with every damn thing in the scene. Just a complete joy to watch in that role. I mean, you talk about actors with rhythm and understanding of their material and a master of their craft. Uh, he had it as Captain Spaulding in spades and then some. Hopefully, if we can, if we if we get our clearances correct, uh, there there should be a nice little treat at the end of the show. But uh, yeah, just wanted to pay respects and you know have a general thank you sent out into the universe for Sid Haig and all of his work. And then after that moment, uh, we can move on because that's what he would want. He'd want us all to be talking about horror and movies. That's right. And Oktoberfest. Right. <sighs> yes, our, our our true time of the year, where you know usually we're, we're a little bit early uh, this year because um, usually it'll it'll drop in October, Oktoberfest, October. But we're going to be out there in Baltimore a couple days early, and uh, this is when our uh, our real movie watching kicks in. We got our rituals, you know. We got our we got our go-tos for these kinds of weekends. Uh, we have our, our annual screening of demons, of course. Yeah, we get some Fulci going. We have some good times. Uh, there may be tasty beverages of the Yingling sort. Uh, it's always a blast uh, this time of year. And uh, it gets me thinking about marathons. Marathons and... Uh, that 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 traditional 31 days of horror, you know. I, I know I extended it through September, but uh, now we get to the good stuff. Now we get to the fun stuff. Now you get to the planning and the intricacies of what it takes to do a month-long marathon of horror. Well, you you said it was two months of Halloween. Yes. So I mean. 31 Days of Horror still falls into that little uh, section, but it was really, really, you know, you, you said two months of Halloween, which yeah, uh, I signed up for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the point of the matter is, now we're into the nitty-gritty. The nitty-gritty is on the horizon. We're about to wade in to that special day of October 1st. So my question for you is, what is the first movie you're watching? So, I tried this year to map out a list of movies, mostly that I had not seen. Uh, I wanted to generate a, a, a good amount, so, you know, probably like five movies that I've seen, like the classics, you know. Like I said, Exorcist has to be in there. Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, and Child's Play. Those are always in there. Without a doubt, every time. This year, I'm going to be starting off with Changeling. Oh. Oh. We are going what heavy, heavy early. About, what do you think about that as not the number one movie of the, on the list? That is great. That is a wonderful, wonderful movie. And it just sets the tone. It's Haunted House? Yeah, man. That is fantastic. Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not messing around. Um... And Exorcist is movie number two. Yep. 
Got to get it in. So it's, that's it. It's, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not holding back. No, not at all. Yeah, I um, I I didn't know what seemed to do this year. Well, I have, I have two plans going. Actually, they're, they're concurrent plans because I'm crazy. Um, the first plan is to watch. The bulk of my my movie watching will be all new releases I can find on Shutter and Netflix, or of things I haven't seen. So going completely blind and uh, just see what's out there that I haven't watched. Because you know, if you are a horror fan, you have got to get Shutter. No excuses, none whatsoever. You pay pay you you five fifty with tax. Whatever, whatever they got going on now, and uh, <laughs> just queue up Shutter TV. Ah, whatever the price is, just, just get it. Yeah, just get it, just get it. It's it's cheaper than Netflix, cheaper than Hulu. It's one of the cheapest uh, streamers out there, and it is worth it. It's worth it because uh, they're exclusives. They just got one cut of the dead this week. Joe Bob Briggs is back it's only on Shutter. You ain't gonna see it anywhere else. And there's rumors that there's gonna be a marathon. On the 25th for Joe Bob, so... Oh, no. Yes. And, um, just for you guys are wondering, yes, he does stay up the entire time during the, uh, Joe Bob marathons. Yes, I do. And, uh, I, I, I get him in while I can, because eventually there's going to be a day when, uh... <laughs> where the metabolism and everything he shuts down. stay up past 9 o'clock. And I, I just won't be able to do it anymore, so I'm going to do it while I can. But yeah, so the plan is to watch, you know, as many exclusives, new things, anything new coming out on VOD. Uh, I'm looking forward to The Girl on the Third Floor, directed by Travis Stevens, starring CM Punk. Haunted House movie. Uh, I'm going to watch it because, you know, now I'm a horror fan. I'm a big CM Punk fan, too. So See how that works? Yeah. Hand in hand. It always works out. So yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And then the other side of things, I was trying to build... A uh, a master list of zombie movies, like, and try to build my own super zombie continuity. So, go on. Start with uh, start with Night of the Living Dead, of course. Well, yeah. Uh, and then they go Zombie mm-hmm. Dead. Mm-hmm. And then we go to unofficial sequel territory, thanks to the cra- the crazy Italian film industry in the seventies. So you know what's the big unofficial sequel? For Donald Dead? Um, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Say it. Cause I don't Zombie by That's Lucio funny. Fulci. Zombie. Then uh, the other big unofficial sequel is uh, Hell of the Living Dead. So by movie number four, we're already out of the weeds. And it's it's off the rails. Anyway. Hey. You're, wait, wait. So by movie four, that's that's a little late for you. Things going off the rail. Yeah, well, you know, took it easy, huh? Yeah, well, well, then, well then we we veer back into uh, the the prime dimension of zombie zombies killing folks, and we have Dead Dead, and then uh, then we go to Return of the Living Dead because the link there is Return of the Living Dead is a uh, a reinterpretation of the events of Night of the Living Dead. By casting it into a real light and then spinning it off into something else. So then you go to Return of Love Dead, Return of Love Dead 2, Return of Love Dead 3, Return of Love Dead 4, Return of Love Dead 5, whatever. Alright. 
So now I'm, you know, I'm going to be pudgy. Already. <laughs> the, the, the van swerves again, and uh, we hit a land of dead. And now we're, you know, now it's like, okay, you know, that's that's the end of your fish, your official zombie continuity, right? No. Is it? Oh, no. Is it wrong. No, no, no. Wrong. You have, you have a, a twofer from George Romero, Dire of the Dead, and Survival of the Dead. Now, these are updates of the original Night of the Living Dead premise that kind of tell that story, the tale of the farmhouse shenanigans is kind of going on simultaneously to an extent. And you can you can fit in the uh, the Return of the Living Dead, uh, excuse me, the Night of the Living Dead 1990 in there to kind of bridge everything, I guess, uh, story-wise. So then, from that moment, this is where you go on the zombie time heist if you have a bunch of Infinity Stones. <laughs> oh my god, the time heist comes back into play. <laughs> because from here, all the, the, the fascination is with this one set of stories. So, the movie's spinning off from that uh, pertain to all the various branches that zombie infestation can take. So I'm just going to read these off. We've got <clears throat> Reanimator, uh, The Dead Next Door, Bride Reanimator, Resident Evil, Junk, which is a Japanese zombie film, uh, Resident Evil Apocalypse, Resident Evil Extinction, Dawn of the Dead 2004, Shaun of the Dead, Beyond Reanimator, La Horde, which is a fantastic French zombie movie. Uh, we got Zombieland, Warm Bodies, Maggie, Fido, World War Z, Train to Busan, One Cut of the Dead, Now on Shutter, and wrapping things up with Jim Jarmusch's The Dead Don't Die. That seems like an elaborate list. Yes, so, and it's exactly 31 movies. I, yeah, whew, man. That is one well thought out <laughs> list that you've got going on. <laughs> Mine has no rhyme or reason. There's no outline. There's no uh, continuity. There's no. The, the best I could do is at one point I have two Japanese movies back to back. That's 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 what I got going on. Have to watch Suspiria. Yeah. Have to put had to put that in there. Yep. Um, what else do I have in there that stands out? Uh, one that you you mentioned, Train to Busan. I had I, I have not seen it. Oh, okay. Or I don't remember if I finished watching it. You know, like I said before, guys, my memory is not the best all all the time. Sometimes it's on point, and then I watch halfway through the movie, I'm like, oh, I remember this movie. Actually, we're probably two minutes into it. That's usually how it works. Uh, got that going on. Gonna watch the audition. Oh yeah, because that's that's some craziness, and you need a little craziness, and you know how I like crazy bitches. So that works well with everything that I bring to the table when it comes to <laughs> horror and this podcast stuff that I haven't seen yet. Uh, Hereditary because I've been waiting. A Quiet Place because I didn't want to watch it because everyone liked it. <laughs> I don't know if people like movies. I mean, everyone's are fans of it. I don't want to watch it. 
Well, on that note, you know what gets me when that happens? It's not that everyone likes it. It's that everyone talks about it the same. It's the same turn of phrase for everything. Oh my god, it's so great. Uh, what was great about it? Huh, this is so great. It's, uh, it's like, no. I need substance. You gotta tell me, like, it was the characterization, the music, shot selection. What, what, what do you got going? This is, this is why I just really like this. Really like this. It's great. Was it because Jim was cheating on Pam and then Pam came, you know, looking for Jim? So I could sell that, you know? <laughs> and Emily Blunt's fine, so I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm not gonna argue. But, um,. Yeah, I get a little mad when people just like, they say they like a movie. Oh, that movie's the greatest thing ever. It was the greatest horror movie. You don't know what a great horror movie is. You guys laughed at The Exorcist and said that was not a great horror movie. That's the greatest horror movie ever. Yep. Screw you all. <laughs> well, not you guys are listening to people in the, in, the, in the background. You know who you are. You, you said it was, it was trash. Well, half, it's the pe- trash. Yeah, half the people we went to see Oktoberfest. <laughs> half and half, you know how it works. Uh, Vampire Circus I'm going to watch yeah I'm going to watch Vampire Circus how about that guys um, The Nun I've been holding out on The Nun I've been holding out on The Nun and uh, Insidious The Last Key since last October oh yeah so that I could watch it <laughs> yep for this uh, this year's uh, 31 Days of Horror got um, got some other stuff I don't know if I want to say some oldies, Chopping Mall. Gotta, ah, yes. Gotta watch that. Yes. Uh, watching 31. Okay. So, we got that going on. Tenebre. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gotta watch that. Mayhem. I'll be watching that. All the Boys Love Mandy Lane. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, Belzebuff. Just saw it. I said, hey, why not? Well, let's put it on this list. Uh, the Original Maniac. Ah, good one. Yes. Yeah, not the. I mean, the second one was right. Wait, what was that? Yeah, I had. I, I just remember who was in it. Um. So yeah, but no, the original, which is, uh, Green Room. Ooh, very good. Um. Yes, I think I, I put some stuff in there. You know, I can't remember we ever saw Vector Crowley. I don't think we did. Yeah, I don't, because I have I have it on Blu-ray, but I don't have it on digital. So I'm going to watch Victor Crowley. Okay. That's good. It, it, I, had, yeah, it, I had an asterisk on there because I couldn't remember if we watched it or not. Yeah. This is what happens during Oktoberfest. Sometimes we just start watching movies and after the copious amounts of uh, beer that we drank the entire day, I can't recall if it was Friday or it was Saturday. Yep. It just, it, it, there's a point where it, just hits, it all hits a blur. Responsible. It's a responsible blur. Responsible blur. It's a responsible and blur. A hydrated blur. We, we plan to hydrate Yep, we're, we we know what we're doing because yeah, we don't wake, we don't wake up hungover. We're adults. Amazing. Yep, we know we know how to do this. Oh, especially this time because our two football teams are playing on Sunday. We have to be against <laughs> each other. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't ever happen. I don't think mm-hmm. it's ever happened in the history of Oktoberfest. No, so this is a rare occasion. Yes, but yeah, so I don't think we watched it, and I think he just uh, proved me correct. <laughs> I thank him for that. Um, I have five spots open. Five spots for five movies. And I will take suggestions from anyone. Alright, because this, uh, this episode will air on 
the 27th in a couple days. So, we'll have plenty of time uh, for people to get in suggestions because I have all the way up till the 9th of October listed. Then it gets crazy with my days. I put days in random, like, like after the 9th, then I have, like, number 10's empty, then 11 through 15's full. Then, like, it's just, it makes no sense. But that's how I do it. I, it makes sense in my head, honestly, when I think about it. And, um, yeah, send some suggestions. Uh, I'm sure Griff will suggest them to you as well. Yeah, I'll have to take a look at, at what's out there. What, what, what can be uh, easily obtained from the world of streaming and other such places. And that's the thing, like now is the options for uh, watching horror these days are just endless. You know, there's so much out there. You know, if it's not streaming, and if you have the funds, there's a lot of specialty, uh, specialty uh, shops that do lots of Blu-ray releases now. So, the, the time is the time is right. If you if you're just looking to get into horror or anything, you know, get that free trial for Shutter. You know, see what's what's happening on Netflix. Hulu gets a lot of good stuff these days too. You know, follow uh, follow Bloody Disgusting on Twitter. They will they stay up and up on as far as new releases and everything coming out. Fangoria on Twitter uh, releases horror movies like what's new every month for every streaming outlet. So it's it's a wonderful time, especially this time of year too, because Halloween we get all the movies we want. Yeah, I just checked it out. It was an update for September list. So I checked out the streaming spots. Um, and you know what else, else I do? I go to Best Buy. Throw out a Best Buy uh, shout out here. And I go to the discount Blu ray bin. Alright? And you know what I found there for $5 a couple weeks ago? Trick or treat. Yes. So I already love that movie. Well, the anthology. Uh, we'll be talking about anthologies soon. Sam is my motherfucker. Um, I actually will re- reveal this now that I will be getting Sam tattooed on my horror sleeve, right underneath. Uh, he's gonna be right underneath Rudy from Monster Squad, on the other side of the Three Kings of Horror. Now we all know who the Three Kings of Horror are, so I don't, I don't, I don't have to say who it is. The fourth one is always. If you ever notice in media and cartoons and T-shirt designs and posters. There's a top three, but then the fourth one is always... It's either Pinhead... Right, yeah. Leatherface... Mm-hmm. Billy... Yeah. Or the other Billy. Now, there's two Billys, guys. There's Billy from Saw, and there's Billy from uh, Scream. Yep. So, I, I would also like some thoughts on that, Ghostface. Well, Ghostface is iconic, but who's under the mask isn't. Correct. So, then, we take that out of the equation... So is it really? This it actually really comes down to Leatherface or Pinhead. And I'm taking Leatherface. Yes. Okay. I just want to make sure. I want to make sure we're on the same page. <laughs> That's it. That was it. He's the fourth king. Yeah. He's the he's the fourth guy on Mount Rushmore. On our Mount Rushmore of horror villains, Michael, Jason, Freddy, and Leatherface. Okay, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I'm good. We're good. Yeah, yeah, We're good. Yeah, yeah. We're good. 
And uh, yeah, real quick on Freddy, since you brought him up, oh, uh, oh. it, it uh, uh, just dropped last week, I believe, that uh, the, the United States rights to A Nightmare on Elm Street are now uh, back to Wes Craven's estate. So while New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, owns the international rights, all United States territory rights to uh, usage of Freddy Krueger now belong to West Kirby's estate, which uh, got me thinking. Now, our our, uh, our Diamond Elm Street 35th anniversary franchise spectacular uh, isn't for uh, about five episodes, so uh, it nice will be. That's, just make sure like, that's trademarked and copyrighted. <laughs> can, you, can you say that one more time, please? The Diamond Elm Street 35th anniversary franchise spectacular. Thank you. Yeah, it's 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 going to happen. It's going to be the episode of November eighth, and the actual thirty fifth anniversary of A Nightmare on Elm Street is November 9th. But um, this news about the, the the rights going back to the state got me wondering, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna broach this out here, and I'm gonna leave it. What would Freddy Krueger actually be strictly under Wes Craven? And uh, here's a fun little. Rewatch you can do, and then you can talk to me again about it around November 9th. Uh, watch Nightmare on Elm Street, watch Dream Warriors, and then watch Wes Craven's New Nightmare, and then think about where the franchise where the franchise could go from those three movies only. So we will hold that and table it until November 9th. Homework assignment. Has Homework been, assignment. Has been issued. Because... Uh, in the time we have left, I would like to revisit a topic that I had a lot of fun with, but I kept talking too much, so I would like my friend to talk about it, and that is Evil Dead. So, <laughs> Evil Dead, huh? Yes. The whole franchise. The whole franchise. Mm-hmm. Man, you want me to talk about Evil Dead? Where can I start? You want to talk about the actual movie? Or you want to talk about stuff, the characters, the behind the scenes, the people involved in the movie? Uh, maybe let's just talk about you know. You can start with general thoughts on the franchise, how it why it stands out for you. Uh, you know, just and then work from there. Go where where the flow takes you. So it's always stood out to me is how each film has stood out. In its own way in the uh, in the collection and how each movie especially from part one to part two how it was able to reboot itself within within just from going from part one to part two to then rebooting again in 2000 or we're saying 12 or 13 13 13 and then where, where do you, where do we put army of darkness into this whole into this whole timeline are we are we now saying are we going by what everyone else is saying that armored darkness is not technically part of the universe the timeline uh armored darkness well and and again that goes back to nobody can uh nobody can delete a movie from existing so armored darkness counts it was released um it's just a matter of where they want to pick it up from. Now, personally, and the key here is Ash versus Evil Dead. 
Ash vs. Evil Dead ends where Sam Raimi's director's cut of Armored Darkness ends. With the whole idea that he slept too long and he's in an apocalyptic hellscape future. Uh, it, it looks different because, you know, it's 30 years later, 25 years later. But the sentiment of what they were trying to do with that original ending is still there. So how they refer back to the events of it, they they refer to it via Ash's personality and uh, Ash's Evil Dead. Because it's the Ash from Armored Darkness, you know, bitter, jaded, possibly crazy, addled, mentally, you know, arrested as far as attitude goes, in a Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2 scenario, you know. So, my opinion, Armored Darkness counts. Alright, fair enough. <laughs> Which makes it even better. The, uh, the whole time with Ash vs. Evil Dead. It's like you said. It makes... I mean, he's already been through a lot of shit, regardless. By the, point, by the time we get to the, the show, Ash vs. Evil Dead. Um, but if we're saying it's the same... <laughs> he just dealt with all the crap that happened in Army of Darkness. To now go straight into um, Ash vs. Evil Dead makes a ton of sense. And I actually like it better if it's connected. So, if you guys don't want it to be connected, screw you. Well, that's not like you guys. I'm talking about like people who swear they're smart and you know like to, <laughs> like to take things away from people. You know, they don't like they don't like us having nice things. They don't like us enjoying ourselves all the time. They don't know. They just want to stifle, stifle our ideas and stifle us and and shit like that. I was trying to say as many S words as I could in a short time period, and I think I did pretty well. Yeah, that's um, good alliteration there. Thank you. So yeah, man, I love Evil Dead. I had a battle for a long time, which one I liked more, and I can't decide between part one or part two because they're both fantastic. You know, I like them both. I like Army of Darkness a lot. I like the Evil Dead reboot of 2013. Except for the siren. But, <laughs> everything this franchise has done, I, if I recall correctly, you saying from the last episode, the best franchise in the last 40 years. Yeah. I think where you're, you know, I may be uh, paraphrasing. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah, I said it, and I, I, will, I, will, I will run back to it real quick, because I know somebody out there is like, hey, what about Star Wars? Star Wars don't count. Star Wars had money. Star Wars had marketing. Star Wars had toys. <laughs> Star Wars has, uh, you know, over 40 years of public consciousness. You know what? I'm glad you bring up that point about them having money. True facts. These are true facts about Evil Dead. They stopped filming certain points of the movie because they did not have money to film important scenes in the movie. They had to make fundraisers to raise money to continue filming. So some of those crazy scenes with all the elaborate uh, special effects and everything, they couldn't film until they had more money to do it. They didn't have enough money. So you know what happened? They didn't have fake props. Everything was real. They used a real shotgun on set. Did you know that, Adam? I did. Yes. Did you know they used real drugs in the movie? Yep. They'll never do that again. Well, that's never going to happen. 
there's actually a story that um the the breakdown scene of Ash. Yep. He was tripping on THC. Yep. And that's why they filmed it. Yeah. Um, uh, that's crazy. A, yeah. In a. Uh, in a sidebar to that, um, a new edition of Bruce Campbell's autobiography was just released a couple weeks ago. Uh, if it looks, if Chins could kill, I'm thinking of that Richard Grieco movie for some reason. If Chins could kill, the uh, oh, 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 Richard Grieco reference. Oh. <laughs> I'm old. What can I say? Okay, I'm getting sick. Hold on. Oh, go ahead. Uh, uh, the Requiem for an Ash edition, I believe, is called. Um, 1428elm.com had a write-up of the book uh, in which you know he goes into detail about his experience uh, making Ash versus Evil Dead and the reasons you know that he publicly said he wasn't going to play the role anymore, and it comes down to a person's physical well-being, pretty much. He and I'm paraphrasing from what I read on the website, uh, but that's at 1428elm.com. They referred to it on the said the first Evil Dead movie as the latex point. Now the latex point is when an actor pretty much breaks down on set and gets to the point of an overturn. You know where they they can't pretty much just can't deal with the conditions of the project. You know stress because stuff mounts up. I mean, let's just put it out there. I think Bruce Campbell is one of the best physical comedic actors we're ever going to see you know he does for horror movies what jackie chan did for action movies as far as his physicality and stuff you know he, he got put through on screen so you know for him to be at that point that that latex point working on that show is you know wow you know you always have to side with the person's well-being in those situations and if you know if that's the reason he's you know stepping away is because you know just you can't put yourself to that shit anymore by all means you know it's it's perfectly fine and i think that well you know one of the things about ash vs evil dead is that it set up the fact that characters can be created to exist in that world and pick up the mantle, pick up the torch. The, the, the latex point, you know, that, that shit takes its hold. And everything, Absolutely. Everything they captured on screen, you can tell. They put themselves through hell and, you know, to get those results. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I gotta get hand it to them, because especially considering, like you say, we're nah, low budget what they were dealing with back then, you know, he did everything. He did everything in all those movies. And then came back to do it again. And um, it's a testament to him because Bruce Campbell, Bruce Campbell's the man. I love him. He's one of my favorite actors ever. This is talking, we're talking about horror. We're talking about Sam Axe on Burn Notice. We're talking about Briscoe County Jr. Um, why am I drawing a blank on his character on Her- uh, Hercules? Uh, Articles. Articles. Yep. Yep. Indeed. I'm still waiting for, I'm still waiting for Sam Max and Jesse movie from uh, Burn Notice. Yep. Indeed. Or a spinoff show because that'd be great. But we would not have Bubba Hotep. Freaking great movie. Yep. 
Ah, ah. Mm. See, all right, fellas. I go onto these, <laughs> these once in a while. I go into marathons where I decide I'm going to watch a certain actor's movies, and I've you know I've gone out of the gamut. I've done Al Pacino, um, Val Kilmer. Uh, side note: I am the unofficial president of the unofficial Val Kilmer uh, fan club, and I did not enjoy those as much as I did when I watched Bruce Campbell's uh, filmography. He's just. It's just the way he, he he enjoys what he does. You can tell he just enjoys what he does. He just tells a good story. Everything he's in, he's good. Whether the movie's crap or not, he is so good. Yep. And we got to see him at his his, at his beginning in Evil Dead. What were they, 20 years old when this movie was shot? Uh, yeah. Yes, 20, 21, 22. I know Raymond was at least 20. Yeah. So it's crazy, and he wasn't even um, wasn't he not even supposed to play the lead in this movie? Well, the movie is structured this, so that Scotty, you think Scotty's the lead, correct? But uh, yeah, he was always the focal point. Listen, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong about this um, that I can come up with. Like I said, you know, I like to be, I like to nitpick. Like to be fickle about these things. I can't. I can't find anything wrong in this entire. Yeah, we'll call it a trilogy because the the reboot's not. You know, the reboot stands by itself, but it's still part of the family. It's still part of the collection. Yeah. And they're all good. They all tell a different story, and I, I don't know. It's 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 something that stick, sticks with me. I I think I'll I'm, I will always be a fan. I thank you for that because, like I said, I had never seen it before until you mentioned. It. I was like, whoa, you will What the hell is that? And now I'm stuck in this Evil Dead <laughs> universe <laughs> because I didn't realize it was freaking Sam Ash <laughs> <laughs> and Bruce Campbell. And Bruce, you're probably not listening, but if you are, fucking love you, man. You're amazing. And we want you on this show. I'm gonna do three hours alone just talking to you on this podcast. Yeah, I uh. You know, and I I can't believe I can't believe we got to see the equivalent time loss of three new Evil Dead trilogies. I mean, yeah, that's what it, that's yeah, what it yeah, in, right? we got about thirty hours of new Evil Dead. Just, we were it, spoiled. We we're spoiled. It's it's amazing, and I was mad when the show got canceled. Uh, but I remember, you know, even watching it uh, when that finale hit, and I'm like. No, that's a perfect ending. You know, you can, I mean, all scuttlebutt with stars aside, whatever. That's still a perfect ending for that character. And the door is open because that universe still has Pablo. Still, still has, has Kelly. The ghost beaters. Still has Brandy. There's still a book, and there's always evil to fight. So. When when they're ready to pick up the torch again, I'll be ready to watch. Well, maybe we need to pick up the torch. Well, you know, I got my ideas. <laughs> I, I I got I got some uh, I got some ideas for some some uh, so well, let's 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 call them enchiladas spinoffs. Wow, enchilada spinoffs! 
Yeah, when, like when to, I, are those like taquitos? Possibly. Like, you know, when I when I ran about the stuff, the ideas about the about Reggie the Reckless and Demon. Here we go. Fighting killers in, in alternate nineteen eighty five, Chris Lake. I'm not just saying that stuff. <laughs> so okay. Yeah, he's not just yeah, he, it's not just yeah. As a as a disclaimer, these are not just random thoughts that pop up into his head that are just thrown out there. Most times that's my job. I just throw out random stuff because they come to the top of my head. Adam has an elaborate library of thoughts in his head. It's like he's got he's got different timelines outlined, different universes, different alternate realities, and it's when I tell you that when he tells me that he has an idea and 15 minutes later I'm like wow how do you store all that in your head it's amazing I need, I need more time there's not <laughs> enough time in the day for him there's not enough time I need more time I need more time and speaking of time I believe we're out of it for this one so with that said this has been another episode of It's Them Damn Enchiladas, the podcast. You can check the show notes for all our social media info. We got Twitter. We got iTunes. We got Spotify. We got the works. As always, uh, podcast producer for the stars, Mark Warren, has been responsible for making our brand of digital goodness sound oh so spectacular. So thank you for all that you do, Mark. Until next time, have fun. Watch horror movies. And remember to always drink responsibly and hydrate, 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 hydrate. 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 Drink responsibly. Have a designated driver. Uh, take some pills. Like, oh wait, no, no, that, that sounds bad. <laughs> like, like Excedrin or something, you know, just so you don't get hung over. We're trying to, we're trying to make the world a better place. That's right. Drink responsibly. Be an adult. Have fun. Don't hurt nobody. Thanks again, everyone. Goodbye. This has been another episode of It's Them Damn Enchiladas, the podcast. Brought to you in part by Das Best Oktoberfest. This Saturday, 9-28-19. Be there or be square. See ya! Tasty fried chicken. Ha <laughs> ha! It just tastes so damn good. <laughs>